You're listening to the Beyond Sundays podcast. Each week, we talk to people just like you who share stories of God's faithfulness. Y'all, the holidays are upon us. And for some, it is an exciting and fun time of year, right? But for others, it can be filled with sorrow, sadness, and loss. Loss of any kind, whether it is death, miscarriage, infertility, divorce, relocation, job loss, or even disappointment. No matter where you are or why you are grieving, the holidays can be a tough time to grieve and can lead to questions like, how do I face what's supposed to be a happy season while I'm still dealing with my own grief? Or will I ever stop grieving? For those who know someone grieving, you may be asking questions like, is there anything I can do? What do I say? Or what can I do to help? Which is why in today's conversation, we sit down with Adina Brown to talk about navigating grief during the holiday season. Adina not only shares part of her own journey of walking through grief, she also offers very practical advice and shares some of the tools that have helped her along the way, as well as countless others she's counseled through the grief ministry at Beltway Park. Whether you are grieving today or you love someone who is, God is faithful to heal, and we can look to the hope of Jesus in the dark seasons of grief, especially during the holidays. So let's get to it. Well, I'm so excited because today I have Adina Brown with us today for the podcast. Hello, Adina. Hi, Sarah. I'm so thankful that you have decided to join us today for a a conversation that I think is really important as we are entering into the holiday season. Uh, But before we dive into our topic for today, why don't you tell us a little bit about you? Okay. Well, um, I am married to Than Brown, the love of my life, Um, been 21 years, and uh, we also have uh, two sons, David, who's 24, do the math, had a son before, Than, Mm -hmm. we married when David was almost three, and then we have a son, Connor Brown, who is 18, and he's a senior in high school. Wow. Wow. So, <laughs> so y'all are about to be empty nesters. Um, we're going to be free birds. Whoa. I like that word better. <laughs> I like that word too. I think I'll adopt that in my language yeah. for that season of yeah. life. That's exciting. Yeah. Well, uh, how long have y'all been attending Beltway? We have been at Beltway. Than is a pastor here on staff, and uh, we've been here at Beltway 16 years now. Wow. Yeah, and what do you do here at Beltway? Um, I am the grief ministry director, and I meet with people in grief. I teach an adult grief class called Side by Side. I teach a uh, elementary class for children called Brave Kids for children who um, are walking through divorce in their families. Mm-hmm. So important. Yeah. So that's incredible. Well, we're going to dive into those topics and what those ministries do here. Just a little bit, but I wanted to ask you, because the show is called Beyond Sundays, what is God doing in your life mm. beyond Sundays right now? Mm-hmm. I think as time goes on and, you know, He loves to teach us new things in the midst of the circumstances that we're in, um, a lot of that this year has been um, some physical health issues I've been dealing with and learning to how do I address those and take care of myself. 
And then also just the stage of life that Than and I are in, and knowing that this time next year, Connor will be going off to college somewhere, and it'll be a new season for us. And so how do we celebrate and be present in the victories here and now, but also release and know that our family dynamics are changing? David just got married, and so that family dynamic is changing as well. He lives all the way in Colorado Springs, working as a civil engineer, and so, uh, sorry, mechanical engineer. And so just the way family looks and changes has been um, challenging. But in the midst of that, the Lord is really showing me who He is, who I am, and I'm even learning to explore some new things in my life. Oh. Like I learned how to use the woodcutter and build something recently what? after Stan showed me. <laughs> I've never done that before. What did you build? So um, just made a little cute little box and you know, glued it together and um, stained it and made it as a decorative centerpiece with um, votives and oh, fall okay, yeah. fall stuff. So sometimes some of the therapeutic things mm-hmm. that we need to do in our lives is mm-hmm. to, one, learn something new. Yes, agree with that. And uh-huh. expand that side of the brain. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just a part of God's creative image imprinted on us to do something. It might be stretching us in an area that we don't feel comfortable in, but um, also learning in the process that mm-hmm. He delights in spending that time with me and teaching me new things. And it's going to be okay. All these changes, it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be okay. Fan mm-hmm. and I are going to be okay. Our family's going to be okay. This is how He's created us. Um, and just the normal processes and phases of life. And so he's just, the Lord's just been revealing a lot more of who he is to me and to be able to rest in who he says I am. I love that. And man, that is so true what you said. We're all called to create. Mm-hmm. It might manifest differently yeah. from person to person. But I often, I've heard this a couple of times, but um, it just came to mind as you were sharing, like, in that space of with Mm. the Lord, how that's looked to rest in the process of doing something new with the Lord. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think I've heard this, I don't know, this is a quote from somebody else, so don't don't like quote me. But what I was hearing as you were sharing is, you know, sometimes when we work with our mind, we need to rest with our hands Mm -hmm. and vice versa. If we work with our hands, oftentimes we need to rest with our mind. So it's Mm -hmm. like that opposite of like, where do I need to draw back or where do I need to push forward to create or maybe that's mental, something that we need to create mentally mm-hmm. or maybe that's something we need to create with our hands. But I love that. I love yeah. that you have been um, allowing the Lord to walk you through that season and yeah. um, and, and show you new things, yeah. even about yourself. I think mm-hmm. that's awesome. So I'm mm-hmm. curious because you said that that box is for your centerpiece for your table yeah. for the fall. How are you going to transition that for Christmas? So that's part of what I wanted to do with this mm-hmm. is it's it's got, you know, the green foamy stuff in the middle yeah, of the, the box. Yeah, the foam. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to take out those fall pieces and I'm going to, you know, get some new Christmas things and put them around there. But I have the three votives in the middle mm-hmm. along the long rectangular box. It'll so Hobby Lobby. You'll be able to find that's lots of... That's <laughs> right. 50% off. <laughs> there you go. Almost year round from July yeah. on for Christmas. Yeah. Well, as we were talking about Christmas, um, you know, the season with the holidays can be difficult for some, especially mm-hmm. those who have or, or are walking <clears throat> through seasons of grief, or maybe this is just a triggering season because 
they've experienced grief around this time, you know, a year ago or five years ago or whatever. Um, and it can be difficult for those who have experienced death or miscarriage, infertility, uh, relocation, a job loss, even disappointment. Those can be really heavy things that we can oftentimes, I mean, it ends up feeling kind of hopeless around this season sometimes, especially if we don't have friends or family nearby. But I'd love for us to talk about the grieving process. Mm. Um, we don't often talk about our grief enough because we. I think sometimes people may feel like, well, I don't want to burden anybody. You know, I don't want to be complaining. I mean, there's just a lot of reasons why someone may or may not express what's going on, you know, in their heart or in their mind. And the stages of grief look different for every individual. So grief hits at funky times sometimes, and it's sometimes very unpredictable. And I know for you, you've walked through seasons of grief as well, and which is part of the reason why I love the way you love people because you love them from places of, of experience. You know, you've mm -hmm. been there, you've walked that road, and you can show people how to walk that road too. Mm -hmm. Thanks. And so I'd love for you to share a little bit about your story when it comes to grief and learning to walk with Jesus through your seasons of grief. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, you know, understanding grief, grief is a loss that we might experience and it can come and look in a lot of different ways. You know, I think about even this last year of when I've had some back issues, that was a grief because of the things that I couldn't do at the time. But I, but the Lord has been healing me and, and um, restoring and physical therapy and strengthening. So I'm able to do some things that I couldn't do six months ago. Mm -hmm. um, so grief can come in a lot of different ways of losses, job loss, moving, friend loss. Um, it can be deaths. It can be divorce, mm -hmm. separation. It can be um, – I've walked with people who um, have a child in prison, a son, a grown son or daughter in prison, you know, where there's a separation and a loss and your family doesn't look like what you thought it was going to look like at this point. So grief can look a lot of different ways. And grief is love. And because we love somebody, then when their physical presence is gone, whether it's a death or a divorce or they're in prison or something else, then um, it's, a, it's a big loss and sadness and learning the journey and the process of how do I walk this new normal. Mm -hmm. So a little bit about... My story, um, my mom suffered with mental illness for several years, and um, we thought she was getting better. I was newly married to my high school sweetheart my sophomore year in college, living in Lubbock, and got the word December 3rd that she had taken her life. Mm. And um, that was right after Thanksgiving. We had just all been together at Thanksgiving. And so, and it was a week before finals in college. <laughs> And um, so that was a really, really challenging season, you know, just this, the, the finality and the acceptance. And that first holiday was my husband and I with my dad and my younger brother. It was his senior year in high school and um, quite the impact for him as well. Just really crucial years in his right. life. Mm -hmm. And so for us that year, um, my mom had already wrapped presents so it was really weird mm -hmm. opening presents that 
she's not here to give us, you know, gifts are a giving and a receiving exchange. Mm -hmm. And so it was kind of this, it was kind of this beautiful bittersweetness of like, she was a gift giver. And so she had thought about all this ahead of time. And I'll never forget one of the most precious gifts, seems crazy, but was a waffle iron that she gave us that lasted us a lot of years. Wow. Um, Just because she knew I loved to bake in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. And um, for us as college poor students at that point, um, she knew that was like an extra bonus. Yeah. You know, it wasn't a need. It was a want. A want. You know, so... Um, that was kind of weird. Um, the grief was, we were in that phase of just like, you know, bargaining and denial and just not really trying to get our minds wrapped around that mom's really gone physically mm-hmm. from this earth. Um, that year we chose to go out with my in-laws to their, um, my previous in-laws from my first husband, Tom, to, to their family gathering just because it was just too much to think about trying to, you know, deal with all the details and, mm-hmm. and all that so soon afterwards. Mm-hmm. Well, it would have been, yeah, three weeks later was Christmas. So, wow. Yeah. Um, so then fast forward um, six years later, my first husband, Tom, um, He was diagnosed, he'd had a psychotic breakdown, and he was also diagnosed with depression and mental illness and was bipolar and had a lot of just the ups and the downs. And I was um, seven months pregnant with our first, you know, looking forward to being a stay-at-home mom. Mm -hmm. I had already quit my job so I could be home and get the nursery ready and everything and kind of get stuff done. And he had a psychotic breakdown as well. He was a brilliant civil engineer was not like him at all, came home and quit his job and thinking, gosh, how are we going to survive through this? Mm -hmm. So um, at the point where he attempted suicide and took his life, I was eight months pregnant Mm -hmm. with David, our firstborn, to become a mom. You know, this was supposed to be a really happy, joyful, exciting Mm -hmm. season, yet we were dealing with um, his mental health. And um, even for me, just the... The overwhelming, um, I can't believe this is happening twice to me, mm-hmm. you know, my mom and now Tom, the love of my life. And not only am I not going to be a wife now, but I'm going to be a single mom. Mm-hmm. You know, this isn't how God designs it. This is not how it's supposed to be. Right. So uh, a month later, after Tom's death, um, I gave birth to David. And then just to fast forward a little bit to the holiday season, you know, once again, this was supposed to be a joyful baby's first birthday. Our first birth, first, sorry, not birthday, Christmas. Mm -hmm. Jesus's birthday. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Baby Jesus's birthday and baby David's first Christmas. And um, so as I started walking that season out, um, you know, up front, when you have a tragic death like that, that's sudden, um, it probably takes a little more time for the reality of that death to catch up with us. You know, there hasn't been a season of grief where there's maybe a terminal illness previous, you know, this Mm -hmm. was sudden. And so those layers of shock and numbness are definitely had started coming off by the holiday season that year. And, um, 
I also didn't want David to not experience, of course, he was only, what, four months old by then. But, um, you know, I wanted him to be able to grow up knowing the joys of the celebration of what Christmas was really about, Jesus and him coming to this earth and that kind of thing, but also knowing that I couldn't do everything. I couldn't be two. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so... Um, some of the beautiful things that we tried to implement that first year was evaluating what are some of the traditions I'm going to keep up, maybe one, yeah. and what's some things I've got to let go of this year or in the season, and I'll reevaluate next year whether or not I can go through that. Mm-hmm. And um, I just had a beautiful, beautiful community of friends around me in my church in Lubbock, and they were so gracious to reach out and um, offer to help. One of my dear friends, Bonnie Eccles, I'll never forget, she said, Adina, are you going to put a Christmas tree up this year? And I said, I can't do it on my own. She mm-hmm. said, well, I'm going to come over. We're going to make hot chocolate, and I'm going to help you and hang out with David. Wow. And it's people like that 24 years later mm-hmm. that stand out in my mind that it was their presence alongside with me. She was not afraid to be in the room in the midst of the pain and the grief that I was walking through. Um, And she was just her presence. Mm -hmm. She was just there. And she was a safe place. So a lot of times we have to, in these seasons, evaluate who are the safe people in my life. You know, there might be others that... I don't feel comfortable with, but here's a few people that God has put in my life that I can be myself around, whether I'm happy or sad. And sometimes the happy things can bring about a feeling of guilt, like I shouldn't be happy because my husband's died. But God's not wired us that way. We are very complex human beings. Mm -hmm. And the thing about grief is it just ends up being this jumbled up ball of emotions that we're trying to process and learn a new normal way of life day in and day out. Yeah. And, you know, I might have the joy and the sadness and the confusion and the denial and the shoulda, coulda, wouldas and the whys and all those things all jumbled up in one thing inside of me because that is, God has created us so complexly. Is that a word? I'm not sure if that's a word. But so intricately, (laughs) he says, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And our connection in love with that person that was gone is so complex. Yeah. You know, especially like with a husband and wife situation, you know, relationship and marriage, he's created us as one. And when that person is gone, our hearts are broken. Mm Mm-hmm. Because a piece of it is missing, more than an appendage is missing, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so that takes time to, to allow ourselves to process. So um, that brings me kind of to the perspective that um, grief is one of those things we can't just shove down and not deal with. That's good. Mm-hmm. You know, we have to process and walk through because we are complex beings that God has created so beautifully. Um, we are not microwaves. In our society, we want to microwave through something, 
and um, be on the other side with a solution. And there are not easy solutions to some of these, but there is hope along yes. the way. Yes. And so we are like crockpots. Yeah. <laughs> and I love how my friend Mindy describes that. She talks about, you know, when you put the roast in the crockpot and then the seasonings and all that that bring out the flavor and then you let it sit all day and and just soak marinate, in the, marinate yeah. in the juices. In our grief process, we've got to do that. Mm-hmm. And some some moments that looks like joy and some moments that looks like sadness, some moments that looks like, you know, anger. remember anger. Yeah. Anger is a huge one, but anger is usually the tip of the iceberg with yeah. all the other things underneath. Why me, God? Are you a good God that mm-hmm. you would allow these things to happen to me? Mm-hmm. You know, so, so what I hear you saying is these are normal. These are these normal, are very normal. These are normal emotions and questions to be asking. Yes, and I think one of the other really normal questions people may find themselves asking is, "When will it stop? Will it ever mm. end? Will th- this process of grieving is there a light at the end of the tunnel?" Yes, yes. I don't like to say time heals. Mm-hmm. That's not necessarily true because if you don't process and crockpot mm-hmm. and allow the Lord to to give yourself time mm-hmm. to sit in some of those and process and understand. You know, in a in addition to the grief of what I was feeling at the time of like, okay, now I'm a single parent, not a dual parent. Right. Um, and my own loss, I was also dealing with the loss of David doesn't have a father right now, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and all the shattered dreams of the future of what I had hoped for in my family. Mm-hmm. So it's very complex. It's multi- layered. It's multifaceted. And um, yeah. so it takes, it does take time to process through those things and allow yourself, give yourself permission, give yourself grace and ask your friends for grace too. Um, it's not just get out of bed and yippee skippy, everything's going to be fine. Yeah. You know, some days are okay and other days are really, really challenging and you're doing good just to maybe get yourself out of bed and eat and take a shower and get a walk. Or, right. Yeah. Do those things that you can do today. Don't right. focus on what you can't do, but focus on what right. you might be able to. Right. Yeah. So what right. advice, you know, in a, in a season that's supposed to be happy and joyful and full of family mm-hmm. and friends, um, just all of the things that our culture tells us the, that this part of the year is supposed to be. We know that that's not always the case for every human on earth. Mm-hmm. We all carry some sadness at some point. So for, for those that are walking through true seasons of deep sorrow, what would you say to them as they approach the holiday season, what advice would you give them? What wisdom would you give them? You mentioned a little bit earlier um, about asking friends, but what other advice would you give to people as they enter the holidays? I know you teach a class on surviving the holidays, and I love that. Um, Could you maybe give us some snippets of what you share in that class? So first of all, we've got to focus on what is Christmas really all about? Mm -hmm. You know, it is about joy and families and celebration and and getting together and sh- celebrating love. But I don't know if you've ever heard of this before, but it really is kind of the sufferer's holiday mm. because the whole reason God sent Jesus is because he knew 
what Jesus was going to go through. Wow. And because of what Jesus went through later on in life, Mm -hmm. that gift to understand the pain and the suffering that we walk through, that we're not alone in, if we focus on that real meaning, everything else is going to be bonus. Mm. You know, we're, we can focus on that. It talks about, I think in Isaiah, he's the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace. Well, why would he say he's a wonderful counselor if he didn't know we would need a counselor? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I love to focus on who he says he is in the process. That's he good. sent the Holy Spirit as a comforter because he knew that we would need comforting. Mm-hmm. So he already planned this. He's got this. That's good. Right? So if we reflect on the idea that that this holiday really was for is for us, mm-hmm. even in the suffering, yeah. and even in the maybe the empty chair or the changes of our family or the financial situation. Maybe the financial situation isn't very good, and it can't be about the gifts. Yeah. Well, let's focus on the gifts that He has given us, the people mm-hmm. around us, um, or also the loved one that maybe is gone. You know, focus on who they were to me and the gift that they were, and. That, that helps us, gratitude shifts the mind, and yes. that helps our minds mm-hmm. shift to a better place of what I have rather than what I'm lacking. Now, we do have to validate the loss. Yes. We don't want to avoid that. Yeah. However, we don't want to stay stuck there. Mm-hmm. We want to say, okay, in the midst of that, I can still say, here are the gifts that God's given us. So I'd recommend practically... Looking at the holiday and saying, okay, what is maybe one tradition that I want to keep going? Mm-hmm. And not planning ahead and not getting so overwhelmed because in our society, we get very overwhelmed with tasks and to do to make it all look and feel perfect and all that. Yes. And it's not. Think mm-hmm. about the simplicity of what Jesus was like coming to earth in mm-hmm. a stable, you know, with the animals. Mm-hmm. You know, it was simple. It was so simple. And we can do really meaningful things to share love and gifts, even, and time. If you don't have money, time. And then maybe think of something new um, or ask a new tradition. Um, I know a lot of times when we get out of ourselves um, and serve or give, that does something. It really psychologically does something for our brain, too, just Mm -hmm. like gratitude does. And so... I love, you know, even here at Beltway, the, I think we're doing it this year. I haven't heard yet. The prison sacks. Yes, we Where are. we stuff the yeah. prison sacks, and that can be a family affair for all ages. That's good. With an assembly line, you know, we get together and we focus on that we are gathering stuff and we're sending this off to the prisoners who may have nothing else but mm-hmm. this for Christmas and sharing the love of Jesus through that. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of different ways that we can. It, they can be really simple. Our time, um, rather than rather than money. Yeah, you know, there's a thank. I think there's a Thanksgiving meal that that our city provides, or you know, you can go stock up in a food pantry and help mm-hmm. for people that might not have anything. There's a lot of different ways, things that you can do. Yeah, I would also say um, providing an opportunity, depending on where you're at. You know, one of my friends, she, they. Provide an opportunity to remember that person. You've got the empty chair at the table, mm-hmm. and that's hard. But what is something that you can do to reflect on and remember that person? It might be light a candle. It might be another friend of mine. They had 
a little ceramic turkey, you know, to remember their loved one is that that was part of who who they were as right. having a turkey farm. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be a picture. It could be I'd even heard recently about still putting up that loved one's stocking and putting notes to them about you know, what you treasured about the gift of who they were. That's sweet. So reflecting on some memories, reflecting on that's who they healthy, were. Yeah. That's very healthy. I think another thing that we need to give ourselves permission is in thinking about all the traditions, thinking about, okay, your family might be, or extended family might be saying, are you going to join us for Christmas or Thanksgiving, whatever it right. is? And maybe today you're kind of like overwhelmed and thinking, I don't know that I can do that. It's okay for you to say, thank you for the, receive the invitation. Thank you for that invite. Mm -hmm. Um, Is it okay if I just kind of hold that loosely right now? I'm not sure how I'm going to feel that day. I would love to join you. It makes me feel so good that you would invite me. Um, But if if, if if I get to that day and I just don't feel like I can do that this year, would you please be gracious with me? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. or it might be, um, I'll let you know. I'll get back yeah, with you. I'll get back or, to you. or I might come for a little while. Yeah, I you might know? be able to do an hour. And can you be okay yeah. with yeah. if I'm there? Right. Being uncomfortable with the fact that I may cry, mm-hmm. and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Tears are healing. Tears are a sign of the love that we had for that person. It's good. Um, tear. God has created us with tears. They actually release a toxin from our bodies. That's right. Mm-hmm. And so it's okay to cry. And I'm sorry if I make you feel uncomfortable in the midst of my grief, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to not be myself because yeah. of that. I think that's really important to remember. You know, I heard you say, you know, making a choice of of the activities that you feel like mm-hmm. you can do, mm-hmm. but also communicating th- at the same time, communicating not only with yourself, but with your loved ones or with family and friends, right. like just, just being open and honest and, and honest with yourself to mm-hmm. go, it's okay to hold things loosely right. when it comes to the holiday season, to give myself space, to allow my grief not to continue to be shoved down, but to give it space. Right. You right. Know, and the time and the process to be able to to walk through that. Right. Even in the holidays when it right. can be tough. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think um, if you have children, depending on the ages, you know, I think it's great to sit and talk and plan ahead of time, too, and say, you know, this year's probably going to look a little different. Well, it is going to look a lot different. Yeah. Because whoever's not here, whether it's a, a death or a divorce, it's going to look different this year because mm-hmm. we're not all together. What is one thing that you really want to make happen? Yeah. What's a tradition or something? You know, do you still want to, you know, get on our PJs and go drive around and look look at, at lights? Christmas lights. You yeah. know, what is one thing that you really want to make happen? And then what is something new you might like to do? Or what's something that you can let go of this year? Because mom just can't do it all this year. And maybe it's also a financial thing. You know, maybe we can't give mm-hmm. as much. But let's go do something together. That's good. That's good. Well, switching gears just a tad, I would love for you to speak to the people in our lives who, um, well, the people who want to love and support the people in our lives who may be walking through seasons Mm -hmm. of grief. And whether this is the first year of walking through the holidays or it's the third or the fifth or who knows, you know, Mm -hmm. what advice would you give like to those of us who might have someone that we know 
is in our family or a friend group mm-hmm. that's walking through that. What do we do? What can we do? What should yeah. we be looking for okay. in the season? Well, I know one thing not to do because I hear this feedback all the time okay. from the people <laughs> in my class. Can you believe they just said that? They said, if you need anything, call me. No. Don't say that. Be more specific. Okay. Maybe you pray and ask the Lord, is there something specific I can do for that family? Um, ask them, could I, could, um, would you like this? Or can I, can I bring you a meal? Or would you like to come join us for Christmas caroling or whatever it might be? Something specific because they, in the midst of grief, we're so overwhelmed that we can't even come up with, we don't even know what we need. We, do, we need people's love around us to love us and accept us as we are. and Like your friend who came and helped with decorate Christmas right, tree. Right, right. Yeah. That was not a comfortable thing for her to do. But I know that she was probably blessed than, more than I am, mm-hmm. more than I was at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I know when I give in those situations, I'm the one that's blessed mm-hmm. um, and encouraged. And so asking about something specific, you know, maybe it's like, hey, we're thinking about going to do this, going to drive around and look at lights, or we're going to roast marshmallows one night, or play games. Would you like to come over? Because sometimes for that person in grief, they need a break from their grief. Okay. They need good. to get out and go do something fun or different. Our brains, grief is hard work, and our brains need a break from that to go. And, and it'll probably be bittersweet for them because it'll, it'll once again reveal the empty chair of that person that's gone or a loss that they have. But asking very specifically, what is, what is something I can do with you, do for you? What would you, would you like to come over and do this specific thing? Um, maybe it's, would you like to sit with us at Christmas Eve service? Are you going to be in town? Mm -hmm. You know, just letting, most significant thing, like I said, for a grieving person is that you're okay with sitting next to them in their pain. That's you good. can't fix it. Mm-hmm. I know even that first year with David, there was a lot of people that didn't know what to do and they gave a lot. And for me personally, I was like, oh, I, I received that gift. And I know that your heart is probably right, but that gift does not re- replace, mm-hmm. you know, that doesn't replace my loved one. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so sometimes just asking, or if the Holy Spirit prompts you, just do it, and it can even be an anonymous thing. Right, right. That's good. Thank you for sharing that. Well, I, I'm also thinking about um, the pain of grief can also maybe make a person kind of turtle shell mm-hmm. and stay in. And there are definitely times for that where you need to be at home to process grief and mm-hmm. to do the things that you need to do. But, but. Um, there's also it's it's good to get out and to go do things, so um, social time is good and can help. So, what ye- yellow or red flags should we be looking out for when it comes to our loved one who is experiencing a lot of alone time or just a lot of solitude time? Or how do we how do we keep that healthy balance? Do we just leave that in their hands, or how do, how do we know maybe it's it's gone to a place that is. Um, a little bit scarier when it comes to things like depression or, Mm -hmm. you know, those kinds of things. What would you say um, for people who might be, you know, curious about that question about how to, what should we be looking out for? It it, it is hard. And I know as a friend looking in Mm -hmm. or a family member, um, we fear, we want the best for our loved one um, who's grieving. Um, But it is it is challenging because part of grief can be a depression. That's not a clinical depression. Right. It's just 
the overwhelming sadness Mm -hmm. of the loss. And that can be a hard thing to detect. Um, I would, in a similar way, you know, ask what kinds of things they're doing with their time. Not in a judging way, but, Mm -hmm. you know, have you thought about getting out for a walk in the sunshine? Have Mm -hmm. you noticed this? Um, I know we've, you know, we've got grief classes and this last year, this last semester, one that just finished um, another gentleman, he hadn't lost a loved one, but he brought another widower. He invited him, and he came through the whole eight weeks with him. Mm -hmm. So, you know, maybe there's something out there that's, you know, have you thought about, do you know about these resources, bringing them to their attention, Mm -hmm. Um, also validating them? You know, I I really think half the process of their grief experience is just not being validated Mm -hmm. for, and don't say, I know what you're going through, because if you have not experienced that loss, right, you really don't know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, you might even use the terminology. It's understandable that you don't want to get out right now. And I know everybody processes their grief differently. However, you know, would you be interested in going okay. and doing this or I yeah. go into a grief class? You know, I've heard that you know, to meet some other people who are walking through not the exact same circumstances, but a similar journey of grief who would understand Mm -hmm. can be really helpful. Mm -hmm. Counseling is great too. There are seasons for that. I did a lot of that both after I went to counseling to a professional therapist, Christian counselors is what I would recommend. Um, after my mom died and then also after Tom died. And a lot of that was related to more the suicidal issue. Mm -hmm. And I had to come to a place of being able to accept that, you know, they're in heaven. And Romans 8 says, nothing can separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. That's right. So that was a beautiful journey that I learned in both of those processes. So counseling can be great, too. I do think the group side of things, like a a -hmm. community, whether it's a grief class or a life group or a group of widows that goes out and does something together, Mm -hmm. um, is helpful exercise and what it oh, does for good. our brain, getting out some sunshine, yeah, vitamin you know, C. yes, a lot of that movement. Um, and, and some of that's determining what, like for me, I made choices to do those things simply because I wanted to be a healthy mom for my son as a baby. I knew I had to take care of me. So I was forced to do that to help him. Um, but not everybody has that same unique situation and drive that would cause them to do that. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think, you know, offering them tools and cause a lot of times people don't even realize what's out there Yeah, that yeah. can be helpful. And I'm yeah. here for you. You know, would you like to go do this? Mm-hmm. And yeah. if they don't, that's okay too. Um, it depends on your relationship with them as to how much you can speak into that. If, you know, I'm concerned for you. Um, are you, are you doing are anything you doing to help? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Are you doing anything to help with this? Yeah. Sleep is a big factor. If they're not sleeping, um, I think that needs to be addressed, whether they visit with their medical doctor about that, counselor. That's a very normal thing that can happen when they go to lay their heads down at night. They're not sleeping mm-hmm. because their mind is just racing and going. And so with that, um, it's important that they get help to help them sleep. Whatever that means, if it's a routine mm-hmm. or whatever, to get their mind to rest. Because if our minds are not rested, we're not going to be mentally healthy to process our grief mm-hmm. in a healthy way, a normal way that's still a struggle. 
Yeah. If you're st- if if they see themselves in a particular area for a long period of time, that would be another indicator okay. of um, paying attention to sure. what's really going on. Sure. You know, if they've been angry for a very long time, several months, you know, it's not wrong to be angry, but how are you processing that and what's really going on? Um, so being attentive to if there's a place that they're stuck in mm-hmm, for a longer good. period of time, not mm-hmm. walking through. Mm-hmm. Wow, you've put a lot of great language to this process. And I think you've done a wonderful job of explaining just how normal grief is. It's a part of life and it's, it's a path that we get to walk with other people. Mm-hmm. Yes, we walk with on that path with Jesus, but it's also important to walk that path with other people. And that we don't have to do it alone. And that if we know of somebody who is walking through grief, we don't have to, quote unquote, leave them alone. We can bug them mm-hmm. <laughs> about some things and asking some good questions. You left some really good questions and put some good language to um, just places that we want to be there for the people in our lives that are walking through this season. And so I really, really appreciate uh, you coming on to the podcast today and explaining these things. And as we wrap up, I'd love for you to... Um, you know, of course, we're going to have in the show notes some resources for people who might be walking through grief or know of someone who's walking through grief. Um, it goes without saying that we do have a grief ministry. That's what you do here at Beltway. And so if you know of someone who is walking through grief, absolutely give Adina a shout here at Beltway Park. Um, we have several opportunities to um, with Side by Side and Brave Kids to be able to allow people the space to grieve with other people. Um, but if there's one thing that you could reiterate from our conversation today or just one thing you really want to end um, in, as far as our conversation is today, what would that one thing be? I would say that grief is a journey and a process mm-hmm. and to give ourselves grace in the process of that. And it's an opportunity for us to learn more of who God is mm-hmm. and who we are. And um, I pray that my life is um, reflects the hope of what God has done in my life, that he truly healed my brokenheartedness mm-hmm. multiple times. And it's not a matter of if you're ever going to deal with grief. It's when because it comes in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. And so learning tools along the way and mm-hmm. asking God, who do you want to be for me in this process? Mm-hmm. And who do you say I am? I'm mm-hmm. still his child no matter what happens to me. I'm still his daughter. That's good. And the identity issue is really key in the process of all that. Mm-hmm. So learning to be okay with where we're at, mm-hmm. knowing it's not for forever. Yeah. And that, you know, even in Romans 8, it even talks about that all creation is eagerly longing for all to be made right. He has created us inside with this, uh, why are things not right? right? You know, I want the world to be made right. Mm-hmm. But the reality is it's a journey and a process and it's not going to be all made right again until Jesus returns. So in the process, we have hope. We have joy, we have peace, we have sadness, we have all those things put together, mm-hmm. and we have his presence. He promises to never leave us or forsake us. So I cling to those things in That's the good. journey of grief. That's good. Well, I love, I love that. And I love in Psalm 119.50, it says this, This is my comfort in my affliction. Your word has given me life. And I love that because his word is a, a lamp to our feet and a light to our path when that path is the path of grief which can dark, feel dark. Yeah. Dark and in that deep pit. Yeah. And you have been just just 
pouring scripture out of your heart this whole time. And so I know that his word has been that light and that lamp to your feet. And that is how you're helping take the hands of others and walk them through the journey that is grief. Thank you, Adina, so much. Thank you, Sarah. What a blessing and opportunity to get to offer hope and life and hopefully hopefully some practical things to friends and other people in this holiday season coming up. Wow, so thankful for this conversation today and thankful for Adina, her really practical advice and biblical wisdom and encouragement. You know, grief feels dark. So my encouragement to you is if you thought of someone that this conversation would bless, don't put it off. Go ahead and share this episode with that person. And if you would like more information about the grief ministry at Beltway and all they have to offer for adults and kids, please visit the link in the show notes. Before we leave here today and get back to our days, I would like to declare a few scriptures over you because we know that God's word is what lights the path that can lead us through seasons of grief. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He saves those whose spirits have been crushed. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. My God turns my darkness into light. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And my prayer for you today May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Thanks so much for listening to the Beyond Sundays podcast. We hope you'll have a wonderful Thanksgiving holiday gathered around a table with people you're thankful for and some yummy food. And remember, God is moving all the time and He's moving in your life too, Beyond Sundays.